0: Welcome to the Parenting Musical.ly podcast. Season two is supported by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This season, we're thinking about how encountering music in new ways can help us as families make music a meaningful and important part of our lives. How can music as a sonic experience help us and our children to understand the world we're living in? I'm your host, Lisa Heisman-Copes. I'm a professor and researcher of music education at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio. I also teach early childhood music classes and I am mother to four children. So I engage with ideas of Parenting Musically from multiple viewpoints. My guests today are Risa and John Gerke. Risa is the director of brand and content strategy at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She guides the organization's own media channels and leads the team of creative designers and producers in crafting engaging content for fans. Risa received her BA in music at Kenyon College and has been with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame since 2004. She is married to John Gerke and they have two children, Anthony and Johnny. John Gerke is the director of Fan Engagement and Onstage Experience at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, where he helps create a world-class experience for rock and roll fans all over the world. This includes developing and managing engaging programs for visitors, overseeing staff training to ensure consistent delivery of service excellence, and frequently serving as museum spokesperson. He is a recipient of the Rock Hall's prestigious Ruthie Brown Award, Which is presented to the team member who embodies a positive attitude, concern for others, collaborative spirit, and an ability to make meaningful connections with staff and visitors every day. John holds an MBA from Case Western Reserve University's Weatherhead School of Management and a Bachelor of Arts in Music from Kenyon College. John also plays guitar, volunteers as a youth sports coach, and loves listening to music with his two sons, both budding music lovers. Welcome back to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland, Ohio, here on the shores of Lake Erie. Today, I'm here with Risa and John Gerke. So do you have a favorite space in this building where we are?
1: Yes, I do. It is the power of rock experience. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of wonderful places that obviously evoke the music, the artist. They show, you know, the the costumes, how the stage might have um, the pictures of, of of performances, things like that, how how it might have looked, but the power of rock then helps to recreate that feeling, all surrounding our highlights from our induction ceremonies, mm-hmm. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, where it gives you a concert like experience with the full stage video. It's mo- you know the the theater, the screens move, the seats can shake the <laughs> it's 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 a concert it's a true concert experience um as as best as we can bring it and help you relive it uh whether or not you were there at the those inductions it really gives you um it gives you chills and it just it's it's a great compilation and and I really really like that space anywhere where you can kind of whether it's at the rock hall or, or other kind of museums or things like that anywhere where they help to recreate and put you in that moment and and with multisensory I'm I think is really um a great way to to drive a story home.
2: And you know, my favorite space is called the garage. It's the second floor, it's the entire second floor of the museum. And it's truly the hands-on experience. Uh, You know, Risa mentioned the multi-sensory and and power rock is incredible. The garage takes it to the next level where you can actually pick up an instrument and in five minutes or less, we will teach, if you've never played piano, guitar, bass, drums before ever, In five minutes, we'll teach you at least how to play a beat, how Mm -hmm. to play the beat to We Will Rock You by Queen, how to play a, you know, a, a bass riff to a Van Halen song or a guitar riff to a, to a chic song. So that's, and that's like a great educational space. But then in that same floor, one of the rooms is called the jam room. So that's a space where we have a house band here every day. And if you are a player or you used to play or, or you, or you want to sing, this is your chance to perform at the rock and roll hall of fame. And, you know, our, our director of education, Mandy Smith always talks about how magic happens in the garage and she's right. Like we see it every single day, just visitors who maybe haven't picked up a, you know, the, the drum set, you know, uh, Reese's dad, my father-in-law, didn't play played drums in back in the 70s, didn't play for decades, came to visit you know, with, uh, with our kids and was moved to play drums. And like Reese had literally never seen her dad play drums, oh, wow. ever. <laughs> uh, our kids had never seen Grandpa Tony play drums. And that moment is like burned in my brain as like mm-hmm. one of my favorite moments of working at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know?
0: Yeah, um, how did the kids respond?
1: Oh, they were they were really excited. They do uh, really appreciate both music and the and the talent. But there was also a, a friend of ours that used to work here who knew of his band back in the 70s. He knew she knew of my dad's band. Saw him play. Really loved his music, and also had always asked us like, why doesn't he play anymore?
2: There's like the, a really cool spectator phenomenon that happens. Where just strangers in the museum will stop and watch other visitors perform with our house band and everyone's filming and clapping. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just a really special, positive energy up there.
1: There's also the opportunity for, again, that generational, multi-generational yeah. the family comes through. Um, a, There's a child that has, that is interested and never has picked up a guitar. There's a dad who used to play guitar, but they don't have one in the house anymore. And right. they get that opportunity to like, now the dad is almost getting in getting this quick chance to teach their child or help them learn from our videos that we have on uh, in the space. And that's a magical moment right there, like that they wouldn't have necessarily been expecting to have because, you know, because he doesn't play anymore because he doesn't have the time to, but that, that magic happens there.
0: I love that. And The Garage is called The Garage because... Garage band, yeah, that, that's, basement,
1: start right, you know, it's, starting that band in the basement with your high school friends.
2: It's the origin story of any band that we celebrate where you see their signatures engraved in the Hall of Fame and Level 3. All those bands start in a basement, in a garage, at the high school talent show. So it really is to capture at the core kind of where everyone starts from, right? Before they are selling out arenas around the world. They're starting somewhere, and mm-hmm. it's often the garage.
0: Yeah. So Dr. Jason Hanley had this phrase, and I wondered if you could talk about it too. We see music as sonic experience situated within culture. What are your thoughts on how the museum brings that phrase to life?
2: When you now hear the songs or, or learn about the artist more, dig a little deeper, it brings you right back to, that, to those moments. So I guess that to me, when I hear that about the sonic experiences, you know, um, through culture, it's about people's individual memories.
1: Yeah. And so the music, the museum does a great job of that and making that it organically makes those personal connections, but it also the sonic experience within our culture for what was ha- what's been happening, or what has what's happening in uh, in society and within our culture on a on a much um, broader scale? That's the message that we hope to bring um, and hope to be able to share, and that people gain from certain areas of the museum, especially specific exhibits. Um, we have an exhibit right now that's called "It's Been Said All Along: Rage, Hope, and Empowerment." That is about the using music as a voice for the fight. Uh, for social justice, those kind of things that we tell both in the museum and on, uh, you know, social media. So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, we uh, love to be able to share uh, content that helps us to t- further tell our story and be able to share the fact that, um, you know, throughout our culture and throughout uh, at least the even most the most recent decades, say throughout the 20th century, as rock and roll started to become more of um, uh, prevalent and prominent that it also then became a voice it, it all the different roots of rock and roll too, folk and gospel and and um, blues, those different genres and what it became uh, has also found you know there's 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 music that's meant for celebration and and good times, but there's also the opportunity for music and the artists that perform it and write that those songs to actually help advance uh you know, inequalities in our, for our marginalized communities. So um, that's kind of the opportunity that we have to be able to share that story online, through you know YouTube, through interviews, expert interviews that we get to um, have with either our staff or with the artists themselves. We we have a lot of, uh, of amazing content, some stuff we haven't even been able to share yet because there's just so much to share and hearing the stories directly from the artist, having them be able to tell us uh, what it meant to them
0: and can you talk as a parent about what it's like to bring your child into encounter an exhibit like that and to have them think about music in that way?
1: With school, obviously there are certain things they're going to be learning in school, but there's only a, there's a probably a limit depending on where you go to school. There's a there's a certain boundaries within what they're teaching or whatever. Have you so you have the opportunity at home to to kind of take it to the next level and to supplement. Amplify right, it. Right exactly. And so I think music for most kids, is a pretty great teaching tool uh, to be able to explain or at least uh, open up kind of your your perception of something that may not be as obvious to you. If you mm-hmm. haven't gone through it because of, you know, your situation, your environment, you can listen to these lyrics, you can hear, you know, read about these messages, read about uh, what was going on, and and tie it back to that music. And it it kind of, music has the ability to help that stick, to help that really resonate, um, even with younger younger audiences and younger minds.
2: We have an eight and a 10 year old, for them music is entertainment. It is mm-hmm. joy, it's fun. Um, so I think most eight and 10 year olds don't go to music f- to understand the social platform that resonated in the 60s. But I do think the opportunity is there um, you know, our kids get to come and visit mom and dad at the rock hall often. Mm-hmm. Um, we play music at home all the time. And I think as they continue to grow, they learn some of these topics in school, especially it music does allow us the opportunity to amplify what they're learning. Hey, you just learn about, you know, you know, we're celebrating Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. You learn about the I have a dream speech. Well, there was like, you know, a dozen artists who performed um, you know, at the March on Washington, let's, let's play some of those songs just again to to give a little further exploration. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that seems like that's where that culturally situated piece comes in, that it's not just sonic experience, not just music we listen to and enjoy at home, but that this music came from a certain place, from a certain person, from a culture. And then understanding all of that helps us to understand the world in current issues, like you were saying. And all of this that we're talking about fits in with a concept I've talked about on the podcast called Parenting Musically, and that's using music to do things as a parent other than teach music. And some of those things are pretty trivial. This to me is so profound, this idea of using music to help them understand the world, but also to want to do something is what I hear you saying.
1: Absolutely. Yes, it could, you know. Even, again, at a young age, it could just kind of be that little spark that's more subconscious and they wouldn't necessarily recognize it in that moment or take any immediate action. But just to know that that is a possibility that artists have, a, you know, basically showcasing that artists have a platform because they have an audience.
0: What advice do you have for parents when taking their children to museums like the Rock Hall?
1: I think the approach to a visit also starts beforehand. It's like, what is your what is your relationship to music as it and as a parent child relationship how have you guys experienced it thus far and then if you have something that you can kind of then point out and connect to once you're here that because that has already at least you know uh started in the car or started on you know at Mm -hmm. home in some uh capacity then you've got something to, to to connect with when when you're here because again it, when it's if it's something like brand new that it but it's a lot to take in so you there's at least a foundation of like say for example uh the parent really likes um carly simon and we know that you know some combination of taylor swift and olivia rodrigo like really also Liked Carly Simon's music and mm-hmm. and and Carole King's music and things like that. And they, if you make those kind of connections or you play the music at home, but you don't, you're not like here, listen to this, like this. Yeah. But you just kind of you play it and just kind of oh, you hear how like she's talking about this or she sounds like that, and it kind of there's kind of it kind of sounds similar, you know, those kind of things. And then yeah, when you're here at the museum, then you kind of you know you will see. Taylor Swift stuff, just the same as you would see, uh, you know, items on display and exhibits and, and mm-hmm. a little bit of storytelling there as just the same as you would see Carol King or Carly Simon, who are inductees. Um, we kind of try to tell that that larger story, all, you know, through today, not just um, not only some of our, our inductees stories from 25 plus years ago.
0: Do you have a favorite program, Risa, mm-hmm. or event?
1: Outside of inductions, because I, I know that's
0: a, that's an Well, evening. tell tell me about the inductions. <laughs> okay,
1: I'll tell you about the induction ceremony. I, uh, as I, from my perspective, as a Clevelander, um, obviously it has been over the years. It was in New York City for since you know eighty six since the first one, and it was a private event. Mm-hmm. Um, so a ton of obviously the inductees, the artists, the executives in the industry, and their friends and family lovely event great little party private uh when we were able to bring the ceremony to cleveland in 2009 we also were able and and to to change it to be public for the first time it was at public auditorium in 2009 uh which is also where the beatles played in 64 64 uh, when they came to cleveland it changed the energy. It mm-hmm. changed the environment. It was. It now became a true rock concert, an right. arena, a, a stadium show. You know, um, and
2: and and rock and roll is about the fans, right? So fans, like yeah. you know, uh, Arisa mentions that we were both at that ceremony. It was amazing when Metallica got inducted in '09. Metallica fans bought out like for like half the upper right. bowl. And when yeah. Metallica got inducted, they spent 90% of their performance and their speech, not, not, not ignoring the people on the, on the floor, but really engaging their fans yeah, the up fans. top. Because yeah. any rock star will say they are where they are today because of their fans.
0: Yeah.
1: With our kids, we have it just living and breathing in our house. Right. And I've noticed, uh, you know, as far as the combination of like liking music, wanting to perform music, and then it being like more of a a talent, like goal, sure. the goal driving towards like being good at music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm very careful with that balance because mm-hmm. I noticed pretty early on, like they, they you know, our oldest Took to it pretty early on, and and would want to do performances for the whole family, and yeah. have everybody has to stop doing what they're doing in <laughs> order to, to see him. And the moment that I would pull him aside and say, "Like, why are you trying to?" No, <laughs> like I would just kind of give these. Why don't you try this? Doing it this way, uh-huh. like would you think about like next time? Nope. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know what? It's fine. You don't, and you don't have to. Like I was, yeah. I'm giving my like musical advice. I grew up. Learning, you know, as a performer and and music uh, show choir in high school and, yeah. and music um, major in college. So like those, I am I do have that background. It's not just the what we liked right, in the right. in the house. That's why I always thought I would try to like guide him or whatever. When I realized like he didn't want to know my steps and he didn't want to know that the
2: technique, the technique the... of how
1: to yeah. sing that better so that it didn't hurt. <laughs> When he's screaming a song he really likes. I'm like, "Cool, oh, if you try it this way with your voice. No interest in hearing what I had to say. And, and okay. I'm like, let me back off. Like, he's also young. And, you know, these are probably getting a little bit more into it when he was like seven or eight or or whatever. I'm like, we'll come back to it. Yeah. If he's re- when he decides he wants to do something then or he wants to be on a stage by himself somewhere, then we'll get a little bit more.
2: I think that's one of technique the technique key- critical. That's one of the key things. Like, I grew up and I, I just remember. To be honest, I dreaded piano lessons as yeah, a kid. Sure, I did not enjoy drum lessons as a kid. It, it felt very, um, like mechanical, you mm-hmm. know, and kind of sterile. I just right. it, it wasn't the, the 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 most enjoyable experience. My love of music came from listening and discovering and sharing and watching infinite hours of MTV. Uh-huh. Our kids, for as much as they are surrounded by music and have parents who work at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, neither of them have taken any formal lessons yet. Uh Um, We have talked about it. We are excited for when they're ready, but I think that's the key. We want them to be ready. If they they feel like they're being pressured, it's not going to be that same organic joy. We don't
1: want to kill the drive for it or the interest in it too early.
2: Now, meanwhile, we found out over a uh, a recent vacation, our youngest, who's eight, Johnny, told us, "Oh, I auditioned for the solo at the school, and I got it."
0: Oh, hey! And like,
2: literally, we found out about it like weeks later. He just like forgot to tell us. By the way, um, no, but <laughs> that, that to us thing. was was actually beautiful, and and he was incredible, and just watching that solo, like, uh, you know, yeah. I, and
1: the teacher was like, "Did you know? Like, he has perfect tone. Like, he knows how to. He can match the pitch and da 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 da." Like, I mean, yes, but I wouldn't, I, at home, I hear it, but I yeah. would have never guessed that he would have, um, volunteered to to get it. And we were very proud of that, that he did. But yeah, same thing. I think I even said afterwards, after it was all over, it's like, do you want to, how did you feel afterwards? Did you want to do it again? He's like, mm, maybe. Like,
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so yeah. that's, so that's the thing we, as parents, we've sort of just both chosen. We're not going to force it, you yeah. know? Um,
1: but it's very much still a part of like, we will play uh, a lot of our music, our favorite music in the car and the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, And usually by, s- depending on how the music is going and what it is, by song number three, then, you know, our oldest is like, can you play something I know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty vast. I mean, he has a pretty good knowledge of like current pop music. And so he wants to hear... Um, a lot of that stuff which we also like and we encourage and like yeah of course so we blend those playlists and we'll have yeah. a little bit of older stuff and and not just older like from when we were out in high school but even older music um and something that we do i don't myself and our oldest anthony we we share is um our love of michael jackson mm-hmm. uh and i started i i started pretty early on like singing some of the slower songs or some of the songs from when michael was younger like really little like singing those to like him like as lullabies as lullabies nice. and um it kind of i guess it just kind of planted a seed cuz he seems like you know just as big a fan as I am
0: wrapping it up could you each tell me a favorite story you have about engaging with visitors at the rock hall or being here with family
1: i would say that over the years i've had a lot of um moments to witness fans as they, you know, if we're bringing an artist through, they're on the stage, they're on a tour, they're just to see a fan getting to watch an artist come through, just the same as they are mm-hmm. touring the museum because the artists are fans too, fans okay. of music, right? And so, kind of seeing the fans from afar watch the artist come through, just as a you know regular, everyday, average person like coming through to see to see the the exhibits. That's really special.
2: And I think one of my favorite or maybe most memorable, most impactful visitor experiences actually, ironically, involved somebody who didn't visit. Oh. So this was at the, maybe in the middle of COVID, we were open. It was the middle of COVID, we got an email. And it was really sad. It was a a husband and wife who had just purchased tickets to tour the museum, and the husband had passed away unexpectedly. And the wife was you know, obviously distraught and was trying to figure out a lot of stuff. But it was also like, I'm not sure if we can make it. Is that going to be okay? Can we exchange? Is it? and obviously we, we refunded her tickets. Sure. But I um, her email was just like always stuck with me with like her husband's love of music and the role that music played in their lives. Yeah. In our Hall of Fame, we have like a just like a big LED scroll that usually on default just says "Congrats to the new inductees" Eminem and uh, and Pat Benatar and whatever, but we can customize that so. Um we just, I just put a little custom message It just said, you know, you know, long live rock is sort of out in one of our phrases. It's yeah. the big letters outside of our front plaza. So I just wrote long live and then the gentleman's name mm-hmm. uh, over all the signatures oh. of the music that he loves. I took a picture of that. And when I emailed back and just, you know, sent all my, all of our condolences and obviously issued a refund, I just attached that picture. And... She wrote back like I, I printed the email. It was like one of the best emails I've ever received because um, she didn't expect that. And even though she wasn't able to visit the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, she felt like now she has a connection yeah. um, to our museum. And those are examples of ways we try and create personalized experiences for visitors.
0: John and Risa, thank you so much for being here today. Absolutely, thank, thank you, you
2: so much. It was great.
0: Thanks for joining us today for the Parenting Musical.ly podcast, supported by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Case Western Reserve University. If you'd like to learn more about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, please see the links in the show notes. Thanks for joining us and keep making music a meaningful part of your family's life.